Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. I love it when our kids go to children's church. I love that. Praise God. If you're a visitor this morning, and I know we have some visitors, let me welcome you. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and warn you, if you haven't figured this out already, and for those of you who have been here a while with me, you can attest to this, our church is weird. We're a bunch of weirdos with the chief weirdo right here, okay? But we love that. We love that we're weird because God loves weirdos, okay? He does. He, he, God always moves among the people who are disenfranchised or, or not looked at with favor and they're looked down upon. That's who God moves around. So I'm okay with that, all right? I'm okay with God moving. I want God to move in your life. I want him to show you some things. And yesterday we had a celebration of life for one of our members who passed in late January, Michelle, and uh, this is how I know God is moving. Five people were saved in the celebration of life. Five people were saved. And of course, the devil tried to act up afterwards, but we took care of that. And, uh, but you know, it's, it was just amazing because that's, for those of you who know Michelle, that's what she would have wanted. And it's even funny because somebody commented on that, that Michelle was always preaching to people. Now, was Michelle perfect? No, absolutely not. None of us are perfect, right? But she preached to people. She said, do you know God? I know she's personally responsible for bringing people to church. And so when people gave their life to Christ last night, nobody was surprised because Michelle was a preacher. And if I'm not mistaken, her little boy Jesse's going to be a preacher because if you saw what he did last night, oh my Lord, seven years old, got up and addressed the church, and I thought, he's going to be a preacher. He even kind of looks like a preacher, kind of stocky and everything. But he just has that, you know, that vibrato about him, and I was like, wow, that's just wonderful. But we just had the celebration of life yesterday, and I thank you church members who were here to support that. Thank you. Thank you for being here, because we need to support one another when we're going through pain. We're going to continue to feed meals to this family probably for another month to help them get back on their feet. So if you would like to be a part of that, just talk with Cheyenne and she'll help you with that. Cheyenne, raise your hand. Stand up. Oh, you did stand up. I'm sorry. Okay, my bad. My, I always mess that up. I always mess that up. My bad. <laughs> I'm not sure less at that more, me or Ezra. <laughs> anyway, we just appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate you supporting the church. And you know, isn't it funny? God can move and we can enjoy it. We can laugh at the same times. Amen. God has a sense of humor. He made us, okay? So just remember that. Amen? Let's we'll start off with a word of prayer this morning, but I, I did want to just, oh, I have one more announcement. Uh, let me say this real quick and then we'll go to prayer. Um, I've decided anytime that we have a, a long celebration of life, which we did yesterday. Yesterday was a long service. It was a long day and a lot of us were here for a long time yesterday. I have the following Sunday night off. We take a break. We rest. And so what we're going to do is we're going to switch the Sunday nights. Normally we would take off next Sunday night and have that night with our families, but we're going to do it tonight, okay? The fact that it coincides with the Super Bowl has nothing to do with it. It just happened that way. But yesterday was a long day, so take tonight off, be with your families, and then we'll pray again next Sunday. And if you have some time at home, spend some time tonight at home in prayer, but can I be candid with you? Pastor needs some rest, and, and it's just tired. The funeral is not something that you just show up to and preach and we're done. No, it's an all-day thing, and so I need some rest as well, and I know you understand, and I appreciate you understanding, but that doesn't mean that our, our devotion to God is any less, amen? Because we have some things we need to pray about, uh, some things happening this week with some of our members that we need to pray about. We need to lift them up to God, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I worship you. I praise you. God, you know the things that are going on. We need you. 
And God, I hear some saber rattling from the devil, but God, that's okay because he ain't got nothing. He's just a bully that's waiting to be put in his place, and we're going to do that this morning through your spirit. I thank you, God, because you're so powerful and amazing, and we love you. Help us to understand your word more today, God. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have I told you today how much I love you? Every one of you in this church, I, I just absolutely love you. Even our visitors, I love you. I appreciate you, and we hope you come back. Because we're just a fun church. I mean, we deal with things, and we, we have problems. But what family doesn't, right? What family doesn't have problems? No family's perfect, and we're all trying to perfect that which God has in us. Amen? And we're going to disagree sometimes, and we're going to laugh sometimes, and we're going to cry sometimes, and sometimes within the span of five minutes. <laughs> but that doesn't make us any less of a church who's loving and pursuing God. And so we talked about the keys to the kingdom, the last sermon series. We talked about what it means to have access to God's kingdom. We talked about authority. You guys who were here at the funeral yesterday of the celebration of life, you saw me using authority to take care of a situation. You saw me using the authority that God has given me to not allow something to happen. I don't expect non-believers to come in here and know how to act right. I'm not putting anybody down, but I'm going to establish that this is a church. You will act in accordance to a church. You will not defile the church, right? So I used the authority that God gave me. I did it in love, and then once that didn't work, I had to get a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more direct. But I'm sure that person had no concept of what was going on because they don't know, and we love them anyway, right? Well, we use our authority. We talked about access. We talked about ownership. We talked about uh, control and power, and we talked about all those things. We talked about having access to God, and that's important. You need to know that you have access to God, right? Everybody understand that? God, you, don't, you, you can come to me to agree, but you don't have, we're, not, we're different from other, uh, certain other faiths where you have to go to the priest to access God. That's not how it is. You don't have to come to me to access God. I've had people call me the Pope. I'm not the Pope. I don't like those weird hats. All right? And they've, they've called me Father. I'm like, I'm only Father to my, to my children. I'm not your Father, okay? I wouldn't want to claim you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. So I'm not a father, at least to you. I'm, I'm a pastor. Pastor is a shepherd. That's what it literally means. It means shepherd. In other words, I guide you. I don't push. Sometimes I feel like I have to, <laughs> but I don't push. I simply say, you know what? There's the green grass. Do you want to chew on that for a little bit? And then you have the decision to say, boy, that looks like green grass. That looks pretty good. Thank you. Or you can say, no, I'm not going to have that green grass because that's delicious and I don't want that. That's up to you, right? That's my job is to guide you and show you, well, to be honest with you, to show you a better way. Now, you can be convinced that your way is better, but my response would be is, where has that gotten you so far, right? And it's not my way, it's his way. It's his way. And there's plenty of people within this room that could stand up and say, listen, I too was rebellious against God. But once I turned my life over to him, not to pastor, but once I turned my life over to him, it was amazing what God started to do in my life. Some of you, yes, give God praise. <laughs> See, every now and then I get a little down. I, I know that doesn't happen to anybody else, right? I get a little down. I get a little frustrated. And the Lord brings to my mind, he says, hey, remember that person? And I'll say, yeah. I says, remember where they were a few years ago? And I say, yeah. I says, look where they are now. Oh, yeah, God, that's what you're doing. Okay. And then, then he reminds me of someone else. And he reminds me of someone else. And the guy just speaks to us that he encourages us and affirms us if we would just turn our lives over to him and watch him move. It's not going to happen all at once. It doesn't work that way, right? Who, who are my people out there understand that? God doesn't do everything at one time. It's a, it's a process, amen? It's a process, and I'm gonna explain more of that in a minute. It's a process because he wants you, are you ready for this? He wants you to learn how to be faithful. To receive God's blessing, you have to be faithful. You have to be. And you can't be faithful on your terms 
You have to be faithful on his terms. You have to be faithful the way that he wants you to be faithful. So how do we do that? How do we be faithful even when it hurts? How do we be faithful even when things are going wrong? That's the toughest time to be faithful. Man, when things are going great, man, it's easy to serve God. I got money in my account. Nobody's mad at me. I'm serving God. I'm hashtag blessed. Some of you know what that means, right? Right? Some people looking at me, I don't get it. Don't worry. I'm blessed. But it's hard when all of a sudden your bank account is negative $250. Anybody happen that to you as well? And the bank goes, huh, you're in the negative. Let me add some fees onto that because you just went into the negative. Let me help you out and add more fees. You just want to say thank you, bank, for doing that. And then, then there's discord in your family. People aren't talking to each other. Again, that, I know that happens to nobody else, right? And then, then your job is going good, and just all these things are going wrong in your life. How many stand up and say, well, bless God, I'm serving God? <laughs> right? Usually it's, God, why do you hate me? <laughs> he doesn't hate you. I can tell you who does hate you, and that's the devil. And the devil's going to bring some things in your life and here's, here's why. He brings things in your life to distract you. To distract you. To distract you. And the more you focus on that problem, the less you focus on God. My wife and I were talking about this very thing. I was upset about something. I was frustrated. I know that's hard to believe, right? Because I'm so perfect. Amen, Pastor. <laughs> Thank you, somebody. Thank you. Thank you. I, that's where I have to pull it out of you a little bit, okay? And so we, I was frustrated about something. I was like, oh, I guess, you know, this and that, this. And she looked at me and she put her hand on me, which means to shut up. I haven't learned that yet. And she said, but look what God did here. And that made me more mad. Because <laughs> I, But you're not hearing me. You're not understanding what I'm frustrated about. She goes, oh, no, I do, because I'm frustrated about that too. But look what God did. See, we can't focus on the things that frustrate us. we got to focus on what God is doing. Amen? we got to focus on what he's doing in your life. And if each of you took a moment to think about that, God is doing something in your life. Amen? You're here this morning, no less, because God is doing something in your life. Maybe you're searching for him right now. Maybe you're thinking about him. Maybe you don't understand him. Well, guess what? He is here to reveal those things to you. But here's what I want to talk about today. We understand the keys to the kingdom because we talked about that. But now I want to talk about going deeper a little bit. I want to talk about pursuing God. Because to be honest with you, not every church does that. A lot of churches are of the mindset that you show up, you sit, you stand up to sing, you listen to the preacher, you give a little bit of money, and then you go home, and that's it. Can I tell you, that's not church, that's a performance. Can I tell you, that's not church? If you don't leave here changed, then I have failed you. Amen? If you don't leave here inspired or convicted, I have failed you. But you have to make that choice too, amen? We have to become that church that pursues God. Let me try that again. I gotta do it with effect because you guys are just, maybe you're asleep, I don't know. All right? We have to become that church, are you ready for it? I'm gonna get my little thing here, that pursues God. Okay, that's better, thank you. I have to make sure you guys are awake because some of you are like this. <laughs> I know, you're looking at me with a Seahawks jersey and you go, wow, that's just incredible he would do that. Read this verse with me. It's out of Acts chapter 17, verse 26 through 28. They're going to have it up on the screen. And I want to say thank you to our sound crew once again and all those guys. Thank you for all that you do. Nick Dunge came yesterday to make sure we had sound and just did a wonderful job. And I don't know if you noticed, 
our, our music group, they're just sounding better and better, and the sound has a lot to do with that, but the music group sounds good. And that last song they did, wow. And Cheyenne introducing it, wow, that was powerful. Amen. She was all nervous about it. She goes, Pastor, I don't know if I can do this. And you're right, you can't, but the Lord did it through you, okay? I want to tell you, that was anointing. I think you felt that too, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Listen to this. He says, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. By the way, I want to say this here. For anybody who says that you should go to the church of your race, never read this scripture. Never read this. The church is all races together. Okay? Anybody who says otherwise, it's not from God. Okay? Can I just say that right now? We are all together. We are a diverse church. We are the most diverse church that I've ever been to, and it needs to stay that way. Amen? We need to stay that way. Praise God. All right. Sorry. Rant over. On the face of the earth, it has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. In other words, that you're here in Juno, God determined that, okay? God brought you to Juno. You may question that sometimes, but God brought you to Juno. Some of you, you've lived here your whole life. You question, should you go somewhere else? God brought you to Juno. Verse 27, and here's the part. He puts you where you are. He brought you to where you are for this reason. So that they should seek the Lord. He brought you to where you are. He brought you to this church. He brought you to be part of this family, this family of God that we have here who loves every one of their brothers and sisters, although some of us are hard to love, aren't we? Praise God. Amen. Some of us are hard to love. Some of us are easy to love. Some of us we don't know. But he brought us together but so that we should, what's that word? You know what seek means? Look after, find, that we may seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him. You know what grope means? It means to try to feel. You know why you have to grope? It's because there's a world of darkness out there. And the only way to find it is to feel your way around. And that's how some of us feel sometimes when we're looking after God. We wonder, is God out there? We wonder, God, where are you? And you have to reach out and touch the Lord. I said, you have to reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. So many people will say, God, I just want you to come to me. I want you to come to me. Every instance in Scripture nearly where someone called after the Lord with Jesus, Jesus would then come to them. The Bible says, call upon the Lord. You will be saved. Stop thinking it's all about you. It's about him. We need to call upon the name of the Lord. Reach out. Reach out and touch the Lord this morning. That they might grow for him and And here's a word for you, and find him. I'm going to talk about more of this in a minute. Though he is not far from each one of us. You ever felt like God was a million miles away? You ever felt that way? Come on, let's be honest. I have. I'm going to raise both hands because sometimes he's two million miles away. He is not far from us. He, mm, He is not far from us. But you know, there's sometimes I preach and I need to hear something. You know, there's sometimes I'm preaching, God says, are you listening to what you're saying? God, not now, I'm busy. (laughs) We say that, don't we? Here's one of the most important verses that you've heard. For in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. See, this was a famous sermon that Paul gave on Mars Hill. Paul was in Athens. Athens was an extremely, extremely religious city. They worshiped the goddess of the Greek goddess. I'm not going to mention her name because I don't need to. Worship the Greek goddess. And this Greek goddess was known for her wisdom. 
The Greeks valued wisdom. They think they were wiser of everyone else. The Hellenistic culture promoted wisdom and philosophy. You've heard of Aristotle. You've heard of Plato. These are fathers of, of, um, of philosophy, and they talked about all these things, and they thought they knew about everything, but because there's some things they were afraid of that they didn't know. And so what they did is they had this place where there was all these sculptures to all the Greek gods. There were so many Greek gods. It was hard to keep up with. Isn't it awesome that we have one God? One God, we know who we're dealing with, right? We know who we're dealing with. We're not, there's no question there. It's just God, right? But they were like worried. They're like, they got this God statue here. They got this God statue here. And they and they'd created a one that says to the unknown God. And Paul says, well, let me talk to you about the unknown God. Let me talk to you about the unknown God. And he demonstrated that our God is above all other gods through the one statement. He says, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. You know what he means by saying that? Is that through God we are encompassed everything. In him I move. In him I live. In him I have my being. In him is everything. We've been talking about seeking the Lord. Over the past few weeks, we've talked about what it means to seek God. See, seeking him brings blessing, brings hope, brings comfort. But how many know that seeking is hard? Did anybody play hide and seek when you were growing up? Just, okay, thank you. Make sure everybody's awake. All right, some of you can't remember that far back, and I understand, okay? But I remember, I remember playing hide and seek when I was about seven years old. I was in South Carolina, and I was playing hide and seek with my friends. And it, it was summertime, and it was night. 10 million degrees outside, and so I had shorts on and barefoot and a t-shirt, and I was about seven years old, and I was running around the house, and you ever notice that when you play hide and seek and you're it, that when you go to find somebody, sometimes you look in the wrong place? You remember that? Was that only me? And so the goal is to play hide and seek is to not be found, right? So you can make it back. I don't know how you play hide and seek, but we made it. We played so that if you weren't found, if you made it back to home base, you weren't it, right? But some kids wanted to be it, but I don't know why. It was just weird. I remember running around the house one time, and this vicious attack dog, a little lap dog, came out and bit me on the leg and caused me pain. I actually had to get stitches. And she hurt. I mean, it was, the dog's about that big, that big. Actually, I should have I should have told you it was this big. I mean, but it was this big. It was only small. But, you know, these little small dogs, they're the worst, right? I have a little chihuahua at home, and this dog hates me. This dog hates me, and I hate her back, so it's fine. <laughs> well, my daughter's not watching. I'm going to, no, I'm not going to do that. Got a little balcony. She needs to go outside. I can help her. No, I won't do that. Not while she's watching. And so this dog, I'm playing hide and seek, and I'm running around the corner, and this dog sees me running around the corner, doesn't appreciate that I'm running around the corner, and she comes out and she bites me in the leg. And because I'm not a very dramatic person, and I'm very cool, and I don't like to make a scene, I fell on the ground in pain because all the blood was just a little bit coming out of my body. And I was very dramatic, and I said, I can't go on. I, I was seven. I can't go on, I can't go on, I'm dead, I'm dying, my leg is missing. <laughs> and of course, my uncle at the time was really helpful, he goes, well, I guess we need to cut it off. No! <laughs> Do you know what trauma we put on kids when we say that? <laughs> so if you see me walking with a limp, it's because this dog bit me in the leg when I was seven. The point I'm trying to make is, we have to seek God, but sometimes in our seeking God, we've gone to the wrong place and we've been hurt. We've been hurt. We've been hurt. And we think that that represents God. It doesn't. God doesn't hurt you. Well, if he loves me, why would he allow that to happen? We're the ones who went locking in the wrong place. 
right? God's not this kind of guy that says, oh, oh, oh don't do that. I'm going to stop you, complete you. I'm going to hug you because you know how we are? If God tried to do that to us, we'd go, I got this. I'm going to do what I want to do, right? Because we're stubborn, aren't we? Who's willing to admit they're stubborn? Man, a bunch of liars in the room right now. <laughs> we're all stubborn Amen. in some capacity, right? We're all stubborn. If God told me to do it this way, I would do it this way, right? That's just how I am, right? I have to submit myself to God. But we've gone to the wrong place, and we got hurt, and so we stopped looking for God. We stopped pursuing God because somebody hurt our feelings. Somebody made fun of us. Somebody looked at us cross-eyed. Somebody looked at us in the way they shouldn't have. And we interpret that as God doesn't love me or God doesn't want me. I mentioned earlier about some people are hard to love. I say that because some people are so hurt at God and so hurt at people that every time they react to something is an anger and violence and frustration. And those people are hard to love sometimes. But you know what? The Bible commands that we love them anyway. Right? Well, Pastor, I don't like them. I never said anything about liking people. We have to love them. There's a difference. Okay? There's a, you don't have to like me, but you do have to love me. Amen? Amen? My wife don't even like me sometimes, okay? That's fine. But we have to love one another. Amen? You know what I'm talking about, Randy. <laughs> All the husbands in the room know what I'm talking about. We, we struggle with that, but what happens is we're operating in hurt. We're operating in pain, and we're not willing to do any more until God makes it right. Listen, you got to quit with that. You need to, God's not going to come down and beat the person who hurt you. He'll deal with them on his own, but what he wants to see you do is to continue to pursue him. Continue, listen to me now, he wants to continue to continue to say, you know what, that hurt, I don't like it, that made me angry, but that's not God. That upset me, but that's not God. And so I'm going to separate the two, even though I look at that person and they're supposed to act like God, that's not God, amen? I am looking and I am running towards God right now. You know what David said in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 10 through 11? Because he understood that we have to seek him. He said, glory in his name. I like that, don't you? He starts off with worship. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. I shouldn't have to, con, con, you know, like, you know what, trying to think of the right word. I'm getting tongue-tied a little bit. Like, pump you up. All right? I'm not here to pump you up. <laughs> Some of you got that. <laughs> Some of you, there's such a generational gap here. I'm going to tell you right now. Like I say one word and some of you are laughing. I say other words and some of you are laughing, okay? That's why I try to hit everybody. I mean, not hit you, but you know what I'm saying. I'm here to pump you up. If you don't know what that's about, I, you need to talk to me. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Let the hearts of those who rejoice who seek the Lord. There's a joy in seeking the Lord. It's, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. It's hard. Especially when you're struggling. Especially when you're mad. Especially, like I said earlier, where there's no money. You got more month than you do money. It's hard to seek the Lord. When the problems are more unsurmountable, it's hard to seek the Lord. But when you do, in the spite of those problems, there is joy in the house of the Lord today. Amen? And then David goes to say, he says, seek the Lord and his strength. How many know you can't make it on your own strength? Amen. When I laid there on the ground after this dog bit me, crying and in pain, not able to make it, feeling like I was going to lose my leg. My family came and picked me up and said, quit crying, you're fine, you'll survive. We may have to take the lead, but you're surviving. <laughs> my uncle whipped out his knife. I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> You're going to make it. Can, can I tell you that right now? You're going to make it. Quit, quit talking about all your problems like that defines you. It only defines you if you let it define you. 
I have so many people say, well, you know, pastor, I got this and I got that, and I hear you. We have trauma in our life, but what has God done for you? If you're going to pursue God, you got to run. You know, I, I took up an exercise program a while back. I know you can see the results. I can tell you wanted to laugh there, and so I decided to help you. <laughs> and so on this exercise program, you know, you have to, we're, we're walking, and we haven't done it in a while because that's my excuse. The snow's been crazy, so I was like, thank you, God, for the snow. <laughs> and as I'm walking, because my, my wife says, you have to bundle up, you have to bundle up, you catch cold, because she's a mom, and that's what she does, right? Don't worry, we're going to Joanne's later today. And so... <laughs> Some of you understand that joke, okay? So, or Amazon, I'm not sure which. So we're, we're walking, and we're walking, and she wanted me to bundle up, and you know what happened? As, we're, as I'm going out in the cold, and I'm walking fast, because my wife, she's short, but she can get a pace, right? And, and I'm like looking at her about 30 feet away. She goes, you need to catch up. And I was like, you know, this, she's too far away. Wait for me, honey. She goes, no, you need to catch up. I ain't slowing down for you. Catch up. She said something else, too, but I won't get into it because it was hurtful. <laughs> something about fatty. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I laid on the ground. I cried. No. <laughs> but you know what I had to do? I had to start taking stuff off. Now, don't worry. It wasn't too much. So all we need is pastor going to jail. But I started removing things that were hindering me. See where I'm going with this? I started removing things that were keeping me from being fluid in my motion, like that big parka that she wanted me to wear originally. Took that off. Took off my hat. Took off my gloves. And I found that when I took that stuff off, I had to carry it still, so bear with me on that point. But I'm trying to get to you to understand that I had to remove things so that I could move more efficiently. Some of us are trying to pursue God with a 50-pound weight on your ankles. And that 50-pound weight on your ankles is your lifestyle that you're unwilling to change. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Because it's truth. If I had a 50-pound weight on my ankle right now, maybe let's make it 10 pounds. <laughs> I would move, but it would be slower. And then I would say, God, I can't pursue you because I have this weight. That's why Paul says, lay aside every weight because we have to pursue God. We sit there and question, God, why aren't you moving in my life? And we're sitting there holding on to our lifestyle and our sin like we can't let it go. You can't. Hug God when you're holding on to something. Did you know that? If, if I'm holding on to this, come here, Ezra. Did a good job on his Bible study this morning. Stand right here in front of me. This is how we approach God sometimes. Okay, God, I'm trying to hug you. <laughs> and God's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> God, come on. <laughs> Ugh, I'm so frustrated with you, God. Why won't you hug me? And it's not God not wanting to hug us, it's us. Watch what happens. Isn't that awesome? See that? Thank you, buddy. See that? God isn't keeping himself from us. God is like anxious to hold us and hug us. God, God loves to hug us. You know when my kids come to hug me, I will never deny their hug because they hug me and I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. When my kids come to me, I don't care who you are. If you're talking to me and my kids come to me, I will say, excuse me, and I'll hug my children and my wife. Okay, that's just how it is, right? And if I feel that way, if I feel that way, 
Imagine how a loving creator feels about us, amen? But you gotta let go of those things that keep you down and say, okay, God, it's yours, amen? It's yours, come on, praise God. It's yours, God. But now we're gonna go a little deeper. How do we pursue God? How do we elevate ourselves to a relationship where we no longer question if God hears us? Does he love us? Or anything, questions of doubt that enter our mind? Listen to this verse in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 4.29. I hope you're being blessed today, by the way. I want God to speak to you. Deuteronomy 4.29 says this. Earlier Moses is talking about some things that they are doing wrong and how they were acting up and not acting right. I know that doesn't apply to anybody here. I know we're all perfect and don't do anything wrong. But he says this. He says, but from there you will seek the Lord your God. And you will find him. Does anybody understand in the English language when there's a connector there? That it's a cause and effect. When you do this, this will happen? Brothers and sisters, let me say that again because I want to emphasize. If you do this, this will happen? Some of you are getting things out of order. God, you, you blessed me and then we'll be okay. No, 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 no. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Don't seek a pastor. Quit watching YouTube videos about pastors who don't know what they're talking about, okay? Listen, I love you, but if you're getting confused watching YouTube, maybe you shouldn't watch YouTube, okay? Maybe you, maybe you shouldn't watch things that cause confusion in your heart. Seek the Lord, not a minister, not a pastor. Let the Lord talk to you, and we seek him through our, his word, amen? We seek him through prayer, amen? And if you find him, if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, those of you who speak Hebrew, like me, do you remember what the word all means? All. So we have to do it with an undivided heart. We have to seek the Lord. Where there's two types of people in Christianity, and there's two types of churches, those who pursue God, and those who feel God should pursue them. God's already done everything. He sacrificed his son. Nick, will you put up that picture, please? About 20 years ago, my wife and I had the amazing opportunity to travel to Rome, and we were able to go to the Sistine Chapel. And the Sistine Chapel is one of the most reverent places in, in uh, Catholicism. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just telling you what, where it was. And they... They commissioned a painter by the name of Michelangelo to paint murals all over the Sistine Chapel. There's, there's several around there. There's a story behind each one. I'm not going to go into that. And at the end of the painting, he made everybody mad because of what he painted. And this is one of the pictures that I believe that made them mad the most. And so I want to I show you this because this is how we are, okay? So look at the screen for me. Do you see God? God's the one on the right. That's not really who God is. God wasn't white, okay? But just bear with me, okay? God's also not old like that. He's without age. But that's just the painting. I want you to understand what the painting is. So if you look at God, what is God doing? God's extending. Are you watching that? God's extending. Look at Adam, who that represents. I had to kind of crop the picture because it was probably not the best picture for church, so... But what is Adam doing? He's just kind of halfway, like, uh, kind of like my kids when I ask them to do dishes. Uh, I can't. I can't, Dad. I gotta watch YouTube. <laughs> right? <laughs> Can I tell you that picture is accurate because it represents us? Man, we just kind of halfway go after God, don't we? 
God has reached out. Man, praise God, I feel his anointing on me right now. God is reaching out. He has reached out to us. He says, I have something better for you. I have a better way for you. I can show you something. Come to me, come to me, come to me. Eh. We know what happened to Adam, don't we? Adam's like, I know what I'm doing. I, I, I'm going to do what my wife says and what she does. I know what I'm doing. God, I don't need you. And then God's, Adam's kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and he's working for the rest of his life. Men, when you go to work and you struggle and you deal with all that, look at Adam and say, thank you. Women, when you struggle in life and you're frustrated about things and you deal with all those things and I'm not going to get into it, look at Eve and go, thank you. And then look at your husband and say, it's your fault. It's not, but just something you normally say. Adam, I wanted to show you this because this is so important. Adam just blasé. Can I tell you that describes the church? Because the more God reaches out to us, the less we are inclined to reach back. That's the way the church has been. But brothers and sisters, we need to be that church that extends that hand and reaches out to God and say, God, I want you. God, I want you. God, I want you. Well, pastor, I am set in my ways, and I just feel like God should come to me. That's not scripture. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. We are to pursue God. It is a relationship. It is a relationship. My wife and I are in a relationship. If I start pursuing you or pursuing her, she'll begin to wonder maybe if my, my uh, vision has been compromised. Maybe I'm looking at something else. Right? And if I'm looking at something else, then our relationship is compromised. I gotta pursue her. I gotta love her. I gotta desire that relationship with her. In the same way we pursue that relationship with God, in the same way we go after him, and we go after him, we go after him. It means searching for the hidden. God doesn't, God doesn't show you everything at once. He reveals to you. Paul said this, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know just as I also am known. If you don't understand something about God, quit asking Facebook or those around you. Get in the Word and find out for yourself. Get in the Word, amen? Well, pastor, I don't understand the word. It's a great time to figure it out. It's a great time. And you know what? If you read the word, you don't understand it, then call me. We'll talk about it. That's what I'm there for. Some of you have done that. Hey, what does this mean? Here's what I think it means. But guess what? I could be wrong. I could be wrong because the Bible is, it's easy, but it's complex, right? The closer you get to him, the more he's going to share with you. Each person in the Bible that was revealed something to was revealed because they were close to God. The only time that's different was the shepherds when the angels appeared and announced their glory in the highest Jesus is born. But he had another reason for doing that at that time, and I'm not, I don't have time to get into that now. But every other time, every time God reveals something to us, it's because the person was in prayer, like Daniel fasted. We're going to talk about what fasting does at a later time. They, they sought the Lord. They sought after God, and they wanted to know him. Brothers and sisters, if we had people of God who sought God with all their heart and all their soul and realized that the stuff that they're holding on to, as Paul would say, is nothing but dung. Everybody know what dung means? Everybody don't? If you don't know what dung means, I'm going to tell you. It means cow waste, cow pies, cow patties. If you don't understand what that means, come see me after church. I'll let you know. I'll describe it to you. Okay? 
It's dung. It's waste. It's nothing. What are you holding on to that's more important than God? Nothing. But we're so afraid to give that up, man. No, God, I have this, and I'm not giving it up. Can I tell you, whatever you give up for God, he restores to you tenfold? Can I tell you that? Some of you have lost something in your life, and you're holding on to that loss that it defines who you are. No, no, no. God's ready to give you blessing. God's ready to restore. God's, God's just ready for you to wake up and realize that what he has for you. If, if you're walking around sad and frustrated and angry, how is that any fun? Christians are supposed to be happy, right? I love telling dad jokes, right? I, I love, because you know why? I'm happy. Even, I'm, even when I'm irritated, I'm happy. I love telling dad jokes because they make me laugh and they're funny. And some of you like, I hate dad jokes, and then you send me some. <laughs> and I give you a cursory, ha ha. I already knew that one. Always send me dad jokes. They're good material. But that's what we have to look forward to is joy. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? Okay, I'm going to say something some of you get. Why are you mad, bro? <laughs> See, this is Seattle country. I knew you guys would get that. Do you want joy in your life? Do you want to be happy? Do you, do you want to be free of all that pain and sorrow and all that? Then you got to take off some stuff. Not, not clothes, not clothes. But you got to take off some things and say, okay, God, I'm willing to say this is not important to me because I want you. Now, the next couple of weeks after this, we're going to talk about what that means to take things off. We're going to talk about fasting. Fasting is one of the hardest things that you can do. And they, somebody came to me and said, Pastor, I'm going to fast television. And I said, well, to be honest with you, you should fast that regardless of what's on there right now. It's just junk. But we're going to talk about what fasting really means, why we do it. We're going to do a sermon on that. We're going to do a sermon on what it means to read his word. Not just read it, but study his word and meditate on it. Then we're going to talk about what it means to literally run after God. To literally run after God. To run after Him. Would you stand with me, please? How do you seek God? Do you only go to Him when you need something? That's not seeking. Do you go to him through worship music only? That's not seeking. Do you go to him through watching preachers on YouTube? That's not seeking. Seeking God, pursuing God, is removing anything between you and God so that you can run into his arms. And we're going to talk about what that means. Everyone bow their head, please. Thank you, Jesus. Put on some soft music for me, please. I am so glad that you came to us today. Our altar call is going to be simply this. Everyone, eyes closed, please. Head bowed. Here's my question. Do you know Jesus? The word know in the Bible talks about intimacy. Not, I've heard about Jesus. Not, I go to church. Do you know Jesus? Have you committed your life to him? Have you said to him, I am yours and you are mine? 
If you haven't done that, and you should, you should always be able to go back to the time and place that you committed yourself to the Lord. You should always be able to go back to that moment. I remember my moment. I was six years old, and my Sunday school teacher asked me if I wanted to be saved. And through tears at six years old, I said, yes, I want to be saved. And I grew up in the Lord, and I didn't depart from his ways, and that is my testimony. But maybe that's not your testimony. Maybe you need to recommit yourself to the Lord because you've kind of gotten off the path a little bit. But guess what? He's not too far. So I ask you this morning, are you committed to it? Maybe you need to recommit. Maybe you need to commit for the first time. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. It's that simple. You don't have to pay money, but it will cost you everything. If that's you this morning, nobody's looking around. Nobody's seeing but me and God, okay? If that's you, I just simply want you to raise your hand. Say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. Is there anybody this morning? Simply raise your hand. Okay, I see one hand raised. Praise God. Anybody else? I see you. Put your hand down. One person has given their life to the Lord. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.